It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today, do yourself right with a little indoor cart racing. And Dirk, I think this is the uh, the Front Stretch edition. Holy crap, did it get hot fast. Um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> we went from, what was it, 70 yesterday on Sunday? And when I was driving around in my car today, I, I saw temperatures up in the hundreds. Uh, I didn't know we got to 100 today, but I know it was warm out there. Uh, I don't fully trust the the uh, dash cars because they could be affected by just sitting there. But uh, when I was out on the road, I was heading out to Bennington for a quick meeting. And uh, I think it was 97, 96 when I was driving. But... I was my phone says 93 right now. Yeah. But, uh, I was out about four o'clock. and. Yeah, I mean, it was in the mid-90s. I'll say that for it. We'll see uh, 90s pretty much, well, 80s and 90s pretty much the rest of the week. With uh, I think there's a little bit of uh, thunder showers uh, expected for the area this Monday night. But uh, everything else looks pretty clean, pretty uh, dry. Saturday's going to be beautiful, 74, and uh, Sunday, 74. So nice, uh, beautiful days. Friday's going to be a perfect day, too. Uh, very little rain chance, but. Yeah, it got hot fast. That's kind of what the weather does, I guess. I wonder what the weather will be like in Kansas City. 90s for the most of the week. 90s for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday's going to be mid-80s. Saturday's going to be mid-80s. Sunday's 75. It was even going to matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do. I, Jayski's got a little bit of a chance of rain. I see something, at least on, I use uh, weather.com, and they say, for Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, Kansas, uh, 57% of chance of rain on Friday. Really not going to affect us much because I'll look at the race page. I don't think they're doing anything on Friday. looks like everything's going to be on Saturday. But if there is anything scheduled on Friday, it happens to get rained out. It's easily going to be rescheduled for Saturday. Saturday, 30% no, Saturday, chance of shame. Shower. Saturday, the rain will be before 10 o'clock in the morning and very late at night. So Yeah. Uh, so Sunday's going to be beautiful. I'd suggest bringing a coat. It's probably going to be windy. I think that's a safe bet at Kansas Speedway. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's about the same weather that we got here pretty yeah. much. But. Well, it's always windy at Kansas Speedway is kind of my joke there. Not because of the cars, just where it's at. It's just a windy place. Um, but 75, so uh, pack a coat, pack a uh, hoodie. But when you're out in the grandstand, especially out in that sun, I think you're going to be fine. Looks like it's going to be partly cloudy skies, though. So who knows? Prepare for all conditions. Uh, let's see. Today's show, uh, obviously, we're going to talk about what happened at Dover, a uh, little bit of a, or excuse me, Darlington, a little bit of a controversy there with the end of the race. We'll uh, also get you set for uh, any other headlines locally and nationally. And then in turn number two, we're going to talk with Ashley Wick, one of these outside the box interviews that we love doing. Uh, she's a great contributor to sports, to racing, and uh, you're going to find out exactly what she does and so much more coming up in turn number two. So let's jump into it. Let's talk about the Dover race results. Uh, seemed like a fine race. Uh, from what I was able to see, it, it looked like the leader didn't really have a huge advantage that the leader could be tracked down and passed. Okay, so we're going to go over last week's race again. Did I say Dover again? Darlington. Did I say Dover again? 
Yes, you said Dover. Well, just assume I said Darlington. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I can talk about last week's race again. I pretty much remember it. So Okay. <laughs> Let's see. 24 lead changes among 13 drivers. Um, Joey Logano led the most, 107 laps by far. But thoughts yeah, on that, though? Did, did, it, did it seem to you like the leader wasn't able to just get out there and run away with it? They had a slight advantage, but not the biggest advantage we've seen in years past. Well, no, it just came to short run versus long run cars. That's all it was. Uh, mm -hmm. Guy to jump out and scoot out to a two second lead and then 30 or 40 laps, they'd get reeled back in. And uh, yeah, it was just, again, short run cars. If they'd had, uh, you know, um, uh, caution with 20 laps to go, if anybody would have had tires they'd have had a heck of an advantage because tires were a big deal as they always are at Darlington. Yeah. But, uh, uh, still, still aero dependent, you know, um, but that, that's not going to change until, until they do a complete overhaul of the front end of these cars That aero dependency is not going to go away. You know, they can keep messing with the back half all they want, but it ain't changing the aero part that's on the front. So. I completely agree. All right. Let's talk about the, uh, Joey Logano situation. He, I ended up taking him for the day, so I fully expected uh, something crazy to happen. And uh, he won stage one. Let's see. Um, finished third in stage two. Kind of seemed to struggle midway through the race, but as the race wound down, they, they got that car into shape and they were able to uh, battle back for, uh, to challenge for the, for the win. I think he had a fast car all the time. I just think he was saving his equipment a lot of the time. Yeah. And what he did at the end, I honestly don't think he needed to do. I think Byron was out of tires. He had two laps to go around him. He was still, they were just into, you know, one and two. He still had three and four, and then he had a whole nother lap. I think he had plenty of time to get by him, but, you know, he did what he did. So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to see the end of it. I've heard a couple of people say that, that it was unnecessary, that he could have gotten by Byron just fine. Um, but I've also seen that he, apparently there was some contact between him and William about a lap or two earlier. Mm, nah, I don't recall it because Logano was two or three tenths of a second behind him. I don't know yeah. how he would have hit him any time earlier, how they would have touched. Well, I, I guess they were uh, going through the corner and, and it was really tight. And Byron says we never touched and, and um, other people are saying he did. I haven't heard from Joey Logano if they touched or not. Well, so, Logano didn't say I was paying him back from earlier. Yeah. He well, he never does. On TV if that's what the case was. So. No, you never do say that, though. You'll... Oh, yeah, you do. But that was a lot That was a lot longer in the race than two or three laps earlier. That okay. was maybe 100 laps earlier. Okay. Yeah, they, neither one of them was in the lead at that point. You know, as soon as I saw that clip, did it remind you of anything? Oh, yeah. It reminded me of Kenseth Logano. At yeah. Martinsburg. Yeah. So I'm not surprised at all that Logano did it. Uh, and we've talked about it a lot. I've got no problem with it. Again, I, I haven't seen the whole thing. I've just seen the, you know, the clips on, on Facebook, which show Logano getting there and then bumping him and moving him. Um, I'm not surprised he did it. I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised Byron's mad because he had Logano chosen a different route, a less aggressive route. Uh, Byron could have been second, maybe third, but I don't have a problem with this. I think it's just uh, a good social media fodder for people to share and, and comment and get all mad about. 
I, I don't like that kind of driving on the bigger tracks, but I won't be surprised if Logano ends up in the wall this week, in Kansas city uh, from any of the, from any of the Hendrick cars. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be this weekend, but uh, I, I think there'll be mind. some payback coming the weekend to do it. What's that? Fresh in your mind. That'd be the weekend to do it. Yeah. But like you said, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if these guys want to do it at that fast of a track like Kansas. Oh, I mean, you're, you're, yeah. Kenseth did it to Logano at Kansas, or Ken, Logano did it to Kenseth at Kansas. Right, but we're not talking about Logano. We're talking about Hendrick Motorsports and William Byron. I'm just saying, I, I, I would, I would place a bet. You know, if the odds were five to one that, that Logano gets crunched by a Hendrick car this weekend, I'd place that bet. <laughs> All right, we'll swing through the casino before we head down. How's that sound? <laughs> I, I expect Logano to be in the wall next week. So uh, this weekend at Kansas. Then we then we can have a whole uh, uh, half season feud between Hendrick and Penske. Yes, yes. Jeff Gordon kind of uh, chimed in a little bit there, and um, and and he's a little frustrated with Joey Logano. Not surprisingly. Well, he knows Logano didn't need to hit him. He knows yeah. he had a faster car and could have passed him. You know, and like you said, it took away a second, third, fourth place finish from Byron and turned it into I think he ended up thirteenth. I think. Uh, yeah, you're right, thirteenth. Logano gets the win. Tyler Reddick brings it up in second. Justin Haley in third. Kevin Arvick in fourth. Chase Elliott, top five. Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Austin Dillon, and Daniel Suarez. Kyle Larson, worst on the day, lost an engine, only completed 112 laps. Brad Kozlowski just had kind of a just a rough day. Uh, ended <laughs> up finishing 34th. In his accident, he took out uh, Kyle Busch who finished one spot in front of him in 33rd. Do you expect a penalty from NASCAR for Kyle just leaving his car parked on pit road like he did? No, no, I don't. He was having trouble steering it. He had a tire yeah. rod end out. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't expect a penalty from him. So the people that are saying that he's a big crybaby, you don't have a problem with what he did? No, not at all. Not I don't at either. all. I mean, last year he was having trouble driving his car in and he ran, he went in too fast and ran over a bunch of cones and he got, I think it was a $50,000 fine. Oh, um, yeah. so this time he couldn't drive it. So he just parked it and got out and walked back. I got no problem with it at all. Uh, it's not Ross, like he stopped on the track or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He was right by the entrance. And as you see, he's past the entrance. He couldn't get turned into it. Yeah. yeah. I got no problem with it. Our good buddy, uh, Ross Chastain, the Chastain train tough day, uh, at the end of the race had a really good car finished second in stage one, one stage number two, but one of the times he got loose off turn, was it off turn two? <clears throat> yeah, during the race, he had a big save off turn two. And then the second time he couldn't save it and he spun, ended up uh, tapping the wall. His day was done, finished 30th, uh, completed 194 laps, ended up getting 26 points on the day. Who was involved in the big accident? Who started the whole accident with Kurt Busch, Bubba Wallace, Cole Custer? I think Alex Bowman was in there. Um. Martin Truex Jr. got loose kind of in the middle of the pack and he, he saved it. Mm -hmm. And then it was just a little bit of an accordion effect Yeah, behind him. Uh, quite a few guys involved in that one. Like I said, uh, Kurt Busch, Bubba Wallace, I'm pretty sure Cole Custer was. And uh, I know, Mar like you mentioned, Martin Truex Jr. I can't remember if Eric Jones was also involved in that, but he was in that area of where all those guys finished. Um, I don't remember if Eric Jones was in that one or not. Denny Hamlin uh, continues to struggle, ended up getting a 21st place finish, 
Seventh in stage one, fourth in stage two, led 42 laps, uh, led two different times, but 21st place finish for uh, the uh, number 11 car. Uh, Brian Blaney, 17th. It's kind of about it. Any other thoughts on the race? Uh, Kurt Busch lost a tire, but he didn't even get out of his pit box. (laughs) Yeah. Do you expect a penalty from that? No. Because he, he no. I mean, it rolled off as he was getting out of the pit. And yeah, well, his, all his guys were trying to stop him, and he got stopped right away. The tire never left the pit box. So, yeah, I expect no penalty from that. Okay. And, and just, I, I saw the clip of it, and I didn't see the aftermath. I assume he got a penalty for repairing the car outside of the pit box. Um, I think he was, I think he was in the pit box. He okay. backed it up. And, you can have the right rear tire out of the pit box. That's not a penalty. Okay. So. Okay. That's what I saw was from that front angle. He had that right rear sticking out quite a ways, but the front was all in and, and the left rear was in. Right. Okay. Yep, the driver's sides and the right front got to be in the box. The right rear can be out of the box and it's still a good pit stop. The only pit road penalties I remember from the day is Austin Dillon got two speeding penalties. That's all I remember. Jeez. All right. I think that does it for Darlington. Did I get it right? Yes, that time you finally did. They had a decent crowd. Um, yeah. I saw that they'd taken a lot of grandstands out. They took like the top or the bottom, I'm going to say five or six rows off the front straightaway there. And uh, the back straightaway, I don't think they had anything open there. That track switched around about 20 years ago. Um, front and back straightaway switched. So uh, yeah. it looks like they've got two pit roads and but they, they switched it to get a bigger pit road on the other end. The pit road starts almost in the middle of turn four. And then they've got a break around a light pole. And there's like four pit boxes outside that light pole between that and the racetrack. And they refer to that as the island. What box you got? I'm on the island. <laughs> no, you got no help out there. You're on your own. Let's get into some news and notes. Trevor Bain, former, uh, well, not former. He is a past uh, Daytona 500 champion set to be on, on call for Kyle Busch. He was on call last weekend at the race at Darlington. He's going to continue to be on call this weekend at uh, Kansas Speedway, just in case Kyle's wife, uh, excuse me, Kyle's, uh, how would you say that? Uh, Kyle and his wife, Samantha, are expecting a baby via a surrogate. And the surrogate may go into labor this week or this weekend. So Trevor Bain may be in the 18 if he is needed. And I got no problem with that. I've seen a lot of people complain about it. It's going to be his baby. He's going to raise it. I don't, I don't have any problem with this at all. Yeah. You got to make the decision that uh, will affect the thing that's going to be around for the rest of your life. Uh, racing will come and go. And uh the birth of that child is is something you only get to experience once. So, uh, I don't blame him one bit. Sports. And by Plenty far, not the first time. Other sports. Plenty Say that other again. Other sports have gone yeah. to watch their wives have a baby or whatnot. So I got no problem with it. And many other drivers. I I mean, there's been a number of times that people have have uh, missed a race or two for a uh, for the birth of a child. And I fully expect NASCAR to grant him a uh, pass. If he's not at Kansas Speedway this weekend, remember the rules for playoffs are you must attempt to qualify for all the uh, regular season races in order to uh, be eligible for the playoffs. But NASCAR does reserve the right to uh, grant 
I can't remember the exact word they use, but basically grant uh, exemptions. exemptions. There you go. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, so if he's not with them with the team this weekend, I fully expect an exemption to be given to him. William Byron looks like he signed a contract extension last week with Hendrick Motorsports to remain with the team for an additional three years. It was totally expected for him to sign that extension. Yeah. Uh, he's already got two wins on the year. He's currently leading in the playoff seedings. Could have had three wins uh, this weekend if things would have gone just a slight bit different. Remember we talked last week that uh, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott were on the voting panel for the uh, Hall of Fame inductees. Yes. Well, it turns out Kyle Larson wasn't there. He decided instead to go lay a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier with Jeff Jeff Gordon. Um, And I just wanted to bring that up because there's very few times I'm jealous of of people. I mean, obviously, it'd be cool to be Kyle Larson, but um, the opportunity to lay a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, man, that'd be something. That'd be something I'd pass up a lot of other opportunities to go do. Yeah, I was, I still never read anywhere or anything on what the specific ceremony was. I mean, it's not a Memorial Day. It's not an Independence Day. It's not a Veterans Day. You know, I just, I didn't know they had that type of ceremony just whenever they decided to do one. I I don't understand. The article on Jason. I'm not against it. Don't worry, they could do it every day. Yeah, the article on Jayski says the event was a prelude to the 63rd running of the Coca-Cola 600 on a Memorial Day weekend. I wonder if they're laying wreaths every day. Like, they did have different dignitaries and celebrities laying wreaths each day leading up to Memorial Day. It could be. Yeah, that could be. I mean, I no idea. But uh, like I said, they can, they can do 10 a day. I, I got yeah. no problem with it. I think it's great, uh, great to recognize those soldiers. So. Yeah, I, uh, I've got I've got the privilege of watching the uh, changing of the guard twice in my life and hope to see it a couple more times before my time on Earth is done. But that is something that, man, you ju- it's ju- you can't help be, ba- be taken by the moment of the precision of those those soldiers as they they walk back and forth and, and protect the tomb of the unknown soldier. That is something that you re- if you haven't seen it, you really got to take the opportunity to go to Arlington and go see it. It's. That's something special. Yeah, I mean, I take a chance every time I get to uh, a vet, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, I support them. Um, you know that I was uh, doing a 45th high school reunion deal here. It's coming up in June, but I talked to you about it, you know, about any of your bar people or whatever possibly having a place for us. But we ended up at the VFW club up in Irvington on 90th military up there. Oh, really? Well, um, something I've known for a while is these VFW clubs, none of the young vets coming back from Iraq or Afghanistan or anything are into a VFW club. It's not a place to pick up chicks. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of ceremony. There's a lot of stuff that goes on that way. You know, they have meetings every month. They've got sergeants in arms. They, you know, do whatever they do type thing, but their memberships are dwindling. You know, it used to be you couldn't go into that place without a member. Now you go in and sign the book and sit down and have a beer if you want one. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I went in there. I had a surprise birthday party back in uh, uh, 2011 uh, for my mother's 75th birthday. And that's where I had it. And uh, so I just, you know, we got got tipped that, you know, they might be up to rent kind of cheap. So I went in there and 
yeah, you know, I just soon support that place and any other bar in town. So that's what we're doing. Fantastic. All right. That just about wraps up all the news. I don't, didn't see anything locally that we needed to talk about, but if we missed anything, please uh, make sure to tag the front stretch or tag Dirk and I in it. And that way we can make sure to talk about it on Thursday. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Turn number two, Ashley Wick is going to join us. We're going to figure out exactly what the heck she's doing in, uh, in racing. And you're going to find out too. Stay, hang tight. Dirk and I'll be right back on the front stretch. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the Pubcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's going to run faster, cooler, and the battery's going to last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, brought to you by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the Lube today and enjoy all the great food, sights, and sounds that Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs has to offer as well. You know, uh, we talk about rain-shortened races, uh, maybe rain-delayed races that happen on Mondays. Quaker Steak and Lube takes care of you. Uh, every day of the week, if there's a sporting event off, there's a race on, Quaker Steak and Lube's got it on the big screens. And not to mention the delicious, uh, what I believe to be some of the best wings in the metro. Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs, located by Bass Pro Shops on the 24th Street exit on Interstate 80 and I-29. Get over to the Lube today and enjoy some of the great sight sounds and delicious tastes that uh, Quaker Steak and Lube has to offer. Joining us on the show now for another interview is uh, a young lady down the road in Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, down the road for me, but if you're listening to Lincoln, she's in your backyard. Ashley Wick joining us on the show. Ashley, thanks a lot for coming on. Hey, yeah, great to be here. I appreciate it. Ashley, we were kind of talking a little bit before we got started that you kind of popped up on Dirk's radar that uh, you've been helping out in the racing community for a little bit. I kind of uh, creeped on your Facebook page and uh, <laughs> you're, uh, you're currently working at the heart of racing. Before we get to the heart of racing and then you helping out with so many different race teams over the years, how did you get involved in racing? Well, it's kind of a long story, a um, little bit of adversity. Uh, my family started a, well, my great grandpa had a small engine shop, so I grew up with uh, oil and fuel in my, in my blood. And uh, my father passed away when I was about 20 and so I decided I was going to do something different. And so I went to school at Southeast Community College in Milford and went through auto body and decided that 
I needed to learn more. So I went through automotive and then I also took upholstery classes and worked two jobs at night, <laughs> very busy schedule. And uh, then I started in a shop. I was at training classes and um, a crew chief was there for the Viper team. And he was asking the instructors if they thought they knew anybody that might be good. And my name came up and one thing led to another. And next thing I knew, I was starting racing at Long Beach Grand Prix. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, going back was- to the start of that, was your grandfather here local, like in Lincoln then, or? Uh, so our shop was in Kearney, Nebraska. My great-grandfather oh. ran it, and then, my, and then my grandfather, and then my father. And uh, it was just, you know, it was something I could have run, but I don't know. I was young, and I, you know, it was just too painful to be there. So <laughs> yeah, that started happens. a new journey. You know, I, I got to break it to you. That that wasn't too long of a story, by the way. It oh. <laughs> very timely for this show. <laughs> long stories can take minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So working in the shops, uh, I heard a little upholstery work in there. So, you, I mean, it sounds like you've kind of, you've got a pretty broad horizon for things you could do it inside of an automobile. Yeah, which is, is part of kind of my goal, I guess, is to, to really be diverse in my skills. So, I mean, I can weld, I can do upholstery. I've been doing some vinyl and body work on the cars lately and, you know, just anything and everything I did. I did tires all season last year for, for a different team. And that's a, that's an interesting creature to <laughs> now, a lot try of to tune listen, all the time. <laughs> a lot of the people that, that listen to this show, when you talk about doing tires, they're thinking of siphoning tires. Uh, is that what you're talking about? They're thinking, I'm sorry, say that again. Uh, siphoning tires, like cutting grooves in them. Oh, no, no, no. Ours are, ours are smooth. <laughs> as smooth as can be. Um, yeah, no, it's all about um, purging tires, you know, with nitrogen to get all the moisture and, and humidity air, all of that out of there. And, um, and then you try to find the sweet spot in the tire as far as the pressure um, for your, your cold pressure so you can get the accurate target pressure target hot pressure and uh yeah so when it's out on track it's the right the right pressure for the for the grip for the driver and 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 mike go ahead Dirk. i was just going to say then uh, going a little further with that then are you uh measuring circumferences and figuring out stagger and stuff like that too no that's all pretty well set for us we don't we don't have a lot of change um ours is mostly atmospheric so like the uh, ambient temperature and the track temperature whether it's sunny or raining and we do run in the rain so there's there's you know and especially for something like a 24-hour race which we've done um it's constantly changing (laughs) well and you're talking about nitrogen too nitrogen's not going to change as much in the psi as what you know just air out of a compressor is going to do you know that's why they use it you know for the consistency exactly definitely for the consistency yep yeah you brought up a point there that i i've known for a while now ever since i got uh, i got one of my trucks in in the dealerships like well it's it's got nitrogen in the tires and i kind of asked around and i think we were talking to a goodyear rep and he goes yeah that that's just a marketing thing you you really don't need nitrogen in your tires but and a couple of reasons he talked to us about was that they it reduces the amount as the heat builds, the pressures don't change nearly as much. And there's not nearly as much moisture in nitrogen as there is in O2. So 
I, I was kind of uh, interested to hear you say that, you know, you're kind of working on uh, pulling some of that humidity out of the tire. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it just, it just makes it more consistent as the tire grows. There's not any, any moisture to, to mess with your numbers and uh, you just, you know, it's science. Racing is just science. So you want to try to keep everything as consistent as can be. And uh, that way you get consistent results. Yeah. Nobody's going to put straight O2 in a tire. So, I mean, <laughs> somebody might've tried somewhere down the line, but that's not going to be a, a real smart setup. That's for sure. Uh, very explosive. Well, that's <laughs> one of the reasons why it's not in a tire, among other things. Have you always had an interest in science and in a background in that, that area? Um, you know, yeah, I really do. I, I find it really interesting. I, I would have, if I could have gone back to school to do engineering, because I, I just, I like to figure out how things work and, um, yeah, exact, take the mystery out of it and figure it out. So I know how to use it to my advantage and things like that. So talk to Sounds me like about that's in your DNA. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Talk to me about the uh, the heart of racing. How did you get hooked up there? Uh, it was just kind of an odd little happenstance. I had I had left my uh, team from last year, great team, but uh, I was looking for something different, and I didn't think the scheduling would work out. And um, so I actually posted on Facebook on a racing um, site there for for racers looking for jobs and like a week before the roar uh, for Daytona I got a call from the engineer Phil uh, Pierce at Harder Racing and he was looking for somebody to to fill in doing tires um, for the 23 GTD Pro car and I was like heck yeah <laughs> he called the right person because I will be there so um, worked out with the name of the team being Heartland, is it, is it out of the Midwest here somewhere or where's the team out of? Uh, the, the name is Heart of Racing. And oh, um, okay. the reason for that is we actually raise money for the children's, uh, the Seattle Hospital, um, Children's Seattle Hospital. So um, for people interested in it, um, I think it's a fantastic thing to be doing with racing is trying to help and support other things other avenues and um so you know on facebook instagram and all those wonderful little social sites you know for every like follow we get we actually donate money into the hospital and trying to do some good things with 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 what we do while having fun and winning races okay well where's the team based out of though geographically um so our gt3 cars for the imso weather tech sports car championship are in florida and then we have cars that are running in the sro program um in phoenix so we've got a couple of shops and then we've actually got a a new formula drift car which i'm not really sure where that one's based out of at the moment i think phoenix but i could be wrong okay so yeah so i mean we're like 90% of NASCAR is based out of North Carolina. So yeah. that's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, a lot of indie car stuff is out of Indianapolis, believe it or not, you know, and sprint yep. car, late model dirt stuff's all over the country. So, right. Yep. Uh, our series, it's, it's pretty broad, um, but there is still a lot of, a lot of our stuff that comes out of the Carolinas. So yeah, uh, um, our tires, our Jackson Motorsport, I love the guys, the Michelin tires that they bring us and take care of us. They're, they're in the Carolinas there. So um but yeah it's pretty cool i guess we should probably talk a little bit more about what type of racing you're involved with because 
you know, we've, we literally interview anybody from soapbox derby racers on up to Lucas Oil late model drivers. And of course, NASCAR drivers say it again. I racing. <laughs> yep. I racing drivers. Uh, so what kind of racing uh, is uh, heart of racing involved with? I think you mentioned so we several are in different the, times. Yeah, we're in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Um, it's on TV, Peacock, NBCSN, USA, a whole bunch of channels. Um, so it has five different classes running on the track at the same time, which makes it very interesting and at times very, very challenging. <laughs> <laughs> You've got um, three of them are prototype classes, which are the DPI, LMP2, and LMP3. They look kind of like a Formula One or an, or an Indy car, with, but with closed wheels, so more bodywork. Um, and they are designed specifically to race. Whereas we have a couple of Aston Martins that we run, and one is in the GTD Pro class, and one is in the GTD class. Uh, the Pro class has two professional drivers, uh, and the GTD class has a mixture of amateur and professional drivers um, running around the track. And that's the only difference between the two GTD classes. So these are your more street car. They're, I mean, they're professionally built by the manufacturers to be race cars, but they are cars that you could theoretically see a version of on the street. Fantastic. So your Porsches, Corvettes, Mustangs. Yeah, we got well, Porsches, Corvettes, uh, Lexus, Aston Martin, of course, um, McLaren. I'm trying to think what else there is. It's all kinds of Acura, whole wide variety of, of uh, cars coming in and out all the time. So it's pretty cool. So we've been talking with Ashley Wick of the Heart of Racing. Make sure everybody go and like it up. Make sure to blow up their Facebook page. Uh, so that way they can uh, continue to donate money to the Children's Hospital. And I believe that's of Seattle, you said, correct? Yes. Awesome. Uh, how can people, where are you going to be at locally? Do you, do you do any racing around here locally with some of the, the road courses in the Midwest? Or are you primarily on the, on the coasts? We are all over. Um, there's nothing really super close. I'm hoping that one of these days we'll do the Ozarks, the new Ozarks track over there in Missouri. Um, otherwise, the closest thing to us is probably Road America up in Wisconsin. Otherwise, Mid-Ohio is actually our next race event that we're going to, um, but it's still probably like a 13-hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing for some of these drivers, some of these fans right. to go see some racing, though. That, that's that's a good day. That's just a good day of driving. It's it's worth a trip. It's 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 a great series. And uh, right before every race, we we have a grid walk and and they open up for the fans, and you can come right in and get right next to your favorite car and meet your drivers, get autographs. Like it's just a really fun series. Everybody's really nice. Everybody wants to see everyone do well. You know, maybe when we want to do a little better, but <laughs> like, we we all root for each other. So you just want them to finish a close second. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> see, announcer, I that's what I want too. I want everybody to finish close, second, third, and fourth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all winners. <laughs> Just uh, we want to win a little bit more. <laughs> Ashley, are you a, a proud mama or still waiting I, to uh, to have your child? I have a son. Yes, he's nine, and in third grade, William is his name, and he's awesome. He's yet to be to a race. I'm so excited for taking him at some point in time, but. It's a lot of work. So, not even up to Eagle or I eighty or anything. Not even. 
no nothing local i'm just trying to get to, to one of my races one of these days but uh yeah i kind of was looking at maybe getting him into some some go-karting and doing some fun stuff at home so well awesome i i you definitely seem like you've got the background that you'd be a great uh, crew chief and engineer for a, a go-kart <laughs> operation and and what i would expect to be probably a um, modified or late model operation probably in the next 10 years if if it grows like most people's uh, love for racing does right <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much Ashley for uh, for tuning for stopping in and talking with us and a happy belated Mother's Day by the way uh, congratulations on having a, a nice little boy thank you very much I love him very much thanks a lot for joining us best of luck when did you say the uh, road of America road of Mer- circuit of America's or when's the next road, race for you guys uh, next race is mid-Ohio and that is next weekend so i will be leaving on the 12th to head out for the race all right well fantastic uh you guys have to go to the circus of the americas no we we don't world challenge goes there sometimes but we haven't been there in in the series for a while anyway that's good i'd avoid that place (laughs) (laughs) we uh, dirk dubbed it the circuit of the americas after the uh, 2021 nascar cup series race there and, and it was a little bit of a debacle but yeah, <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm I'm sure that's probably a, a go-to name for that track when th- when teams don't really like what happened there. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your day, and uh, best of luck in your next couple of races. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks so much. Thanks, appreciate Ashley. It. Have a good one. You too. Thanks, Ashley. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in, and of course, thanks to Quaker Second Lube, the official water and hole of the front stretch for. Always supporting the uh, the front stretch, as I just mentioned. We're going to be back on Thursday with a race preview. And, of course, we'll get you set for the weekend of racing to come. And uh, make sure to like it up and share it up. Big thanks, to everybody, for supporting the front stretch. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the front stretch presented by Joe Scarting. If you love wings, if you love rings, and all kinds of other tempting things, great times. Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch and the home of MAV-TV featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Great times, great food, get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube.